this podcast i have a very special guest mr jitain choksi who is ceo and founder of fitter who is also on a mission to make india fit how are you jc i'm i'm good thank you so much for asking how are you yeah, great 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 thank you for coming on the podcast and i just wanted to know that you know everyone in your in the fitter community or everyone around you has visible six pack apps how have you made that happen uh well first of all not everybody has it but uh, yeah a lot of us we do and right, we've right. been maintaining them for quite some time i i have to maintain because um you know that's that's kind of my job and uh, right. if i go out of shape it kind of uh, invites a lot of trouble right people keep asking oh what happened is he not exercising is he <laughs> is he eating a lot is he is he like not easy anymore right so um right. i'd say more than anybody else i just have a slightly higher responsibility to make sure that i stay in shape 360 uh five days and uh, you know year round and so i put a little extra effort in making sure that i watch what i eat and i train every single day right so that's that's really the key and if you look at my right. past pictures i've been doing it for almost 20 plus years of which um i've i've been like this for almost 7 years like sub 10% body fat with a little bit of pickups right. in between but even before that if you see my pictures from 2010 11 um you can tell that i've been doing it for a really really long time right so right and, but uh, and nowadays uh, yeah yeah sorry to interrupt please continue no, no that's fine and and, and I, i think it really boils down to extremely simple principles which is um eating in calorie deficit or at maintenance if you are already sub uh, uh, you know 10% body fat or if you want to get to those levels you 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 kind of go in calorie deficit and you continue to do resistance training right and, and that's about it that's that's the simple science there's no complex mechanism it's very simple everybody has six pack abs eight pack abs four pack abs depending on your genetic right. structure but this uh, these muscles are hidden underneath this layer of fat which you have to first get it off right so you you get below 10% body fat and you would start seeing um your your uh, abdominal structure and some people right. because they have thicker abs they might also see them at let's say 14 15% body fat but for general public who do not have like rock uh, hard abs or like proper developed or deeper abdominal uh, muscles right? abdominal muscles they'd probably look much better at sub 10% body fat right so that's the key right right and i also before we start out with the topic i just wanted to understand that uh, you follow a lot of combat sports as well so which athlete do you look up to or which you draw inspiration from actually i do not follow any combat sports <laughs> i'm not sure where okay. you got this from but I, in you, the latest uh, video you, you i i i saw you boxing as well you also posted a lot of pictures on yes. insta as well so i thought maybe right so i'm a fan of martial arts but i don't really watch um and like mma or boxing I've, i have watched it in the past but i'm not a fan of any violent sports uh, but i I, I do love practicing them right so i do practice boxing calisthenic martial arts and bochak bostaf nanchaks and and again i'll continue to learn more and more uh, combat arts but not because um, you know i'm interested in fighting i just think it's um, it's a good way of kind of pushing your body to uh, different limits and and all these things that you learn <laughs> uh basically it's it's an expression it's an art form it's creativity right so for me it's it's basically an art that's all nothing more than that right right 
and i've seen a lot of posts regarding this topic as well you have a very forgiving nature and you strongly believe in the philosophy of moving on through various of your examples that you have posted on the instagram and facebook as well so how do you manage to develop that and make peace with your philosophy how do you come to the, at this stage of point that you are able to forgive and forget about the past because that is not easy right so i think uh, i think there are two ways to learn it one thing is you completely isolate yourself from knowing something right and that way you are completely ignorant about that so let's say i never got into a fight with somebody um you know i was always kind or my parents would have taught me never to fight with someone or i never really cared for it that would be one way for me to completely right. move on and not pay attention the other would be that i would have extreme anger issues growing up i would fight with almost everybody i would get beaten up hundreds of times and so yeah it's the later with me because i've been through all these things i've realized that nothing could ever comes out of it right so i've been in numerous fights more fight than probably most people have and uh, <laughs> i just realized that no matter whether you win a fight or lose a fight um right. you end up losing something right you end up losing something so i have scars <laughs> all over my body uh okay. which tell me that it's it's never worth fighting right so you um and and i've also realized that it doesn't matter like people will probably clap for you maybe if you're winning um you know but they move from one person to another right for them it's always about who's winning um and okay. and nobody's really keeping a journal of how many fights you've won right unless until you're like a ufc champion or getting paid and even okay. cases of ufc champions like it's always one guy and then the next guy and then the next guy right nobody really cares and it it plays um a havoc on your mind it's not really a good state to be in when you're constantly fighting right. when you're constantly um you know bullying someone or getting bullied by someone i i found my peace a very long time back and uh, since then i've realized that the true progress the true growth is in serenity and moving on right. you know and that's that's that that is uh, you are saying it but it is very hard to attain even if someone honks uh, uh, beside me with a car i could you know get flustered and react to that but even after all of this that you have posted on and you have gone through you have not reacting so that is a very commendable thing that you are able to do and forget and for, forget about the past as well no thank you i mean like i said it's it's not worth it you know it hampers progress for me to wake up and give my 100% every single day i have to focus right. on that thing you know if i'm learning a new thing i would be able to learn that new thing if i 100% focus on that thing if 50% of my focus in what somebody is saying to me or if if there is somebody who's bothering me then i'm not going to learn this thing right and i learn a lot of things yeah. every year and they just yeah. Yeah. help me um, get even better than i was and that's that's really what makes me happy you know the progress part of it right right so coming down to today's topic uh, what do you do you think that natural bodybuilding is possible especially in, in india that i don't think anyone in the influencer community or youtube has ever posted that it can be done naturally and you can attain about 6% body fat naturally and right without any peds or without taking anything right um again let's let's go down a couple of years back you know how long has uh, mount everest been there um several thousand years right much before yeah. humanity existed but up until 1953 everybody thought that you know it was impossible to conquer mount everest and when when the first guy um edmund hillary 
and uh, Tenzing, Sherpa Tenzing, right? Sure. And they did it. Yeah. Um, it. It told the world for the very first time that, hey, maybe it's not really impossible. And you'd be surprised to know that every year more and more people are climbing Mount Everest. Until now, about six to 7,000 plus people have climbed Mount Everest, right? So it took one guy, yeah. two guys to tell the world, hey, it's possible. Same thing happened with Wright Brothers, right? When they made their first airplane. Same thing happened with Elon Musk. So I'm saying a lot of people in their own ignorance, you know, continue to believe things because they have not been able to do that. But that does not mean that it can't be done. You know, it's only impossible if you believe it's impossible and nobody has done it yet. If somebody does it, then it's not impossible. And you are just ignorant and you don't want to accept the fact that it's possible and let go of your own personal biases. Right? Right, right. So, so when I first time competed in muscle mania and much before that fit factor, I think a year, year back, everybody on the stage told me that this is not possible. You're too shredded. It's not possible. And I'm like, but I've never taken any kind of drugs. How's like, and, and then they were like, no, you're outright cheating. You're outright lying. It's not possible. I said, fine. Um, what about these guys I've trained? You know, these guys can vouch that I've trained them and they are natural. Uh, like, no, even right. they are cheating. Right. So I, I'm lying. Those 10 people I've trained, I'm lying. And then those 10 people who train thousands of people, they are lying. You know, but how can right. a community of 650,000 people, which is on Facebook, can lie? Like, it's, it's, right. it's, uh, there's, there's a popular saying, right? You can fool um, somebody all the time. You can fool some people some of the times, but you can't fool everybody all the time. Right. Somebody in the last seven years would have found out where I keep my stash, right? <laughs> Somebody would have found out if some fitter coach was involved in some sort of drugs. Why haven't anybody so far? And this is despite the fact that we have an open challenge. If you point out if any of the transformation is fake or anybody from fitter community is using drugs, you come to us, we'll give you money. I didn't know about the challenges. It is. It's, it's everybody knows that in the federal community. If you if you ask them, okay. and because because we keep repeating it that if you'd get one lakh rupees in cash price, if you can point out right. somebody's using drugs, you know. Right, but even the general consensus, like someone who hasn't trained, who isn't into fitness, they also believe that without taking PEDs, it can't be done. So I think, especially in India, because uh, some people say that they are natural and they turn out not to be without naming any specific names. And that that consensus goes into every, like even my mother says that, why are you to King Bay? So yeah. the general consensus is that it isn't going to happen unless until you take PEDs or some kind of uh, advanced uh, PEDs. No, look, so what are I mean, your thoughts on that? So look, there is a consensus. And of course, there are people who are responsible for this catastrophe where, right. where people, you know, under the guise of being natural, but not really natural, right? They were, they were using substance and because, you know, public has a very different opinion on substance and people really, um, you know, have a very negative opinion about drugs and stuff. So because they wanted to avoid a public trial, they said, hey, what if I don't tell anybody? Nobody's going to find out anyways, right? So, right. you know, people took that. And even some pro bodybuilders, at that time, you know, like I don't want to name them, like huge monsters. Yeah. Even they claimed that right, they were absolutely, natural. absolutely. Yeah, even yeah. they claimed that they were naturals. And what we have learned over a period of time that look, natural bodybuilding is very much possible, but you can't really have uh, extraordinary amount of uh, muscle mass. Like there is, 
the normal, your physiological limits, and then there's the supraphysiological limits, right? Where right. you are, you have like a short frame, but you you have like you have big biceps, like twenty inch biceps. That's that's really not possible, um, unless until like somebody's somebody's like literal avatar of God or something. Right, right, right. right. But you can have decent amount of muscle mass. You know, you can have decent amount of muscle mass. You can have decent amount of symmetry. You can have decent amount of conditioning. And the longer and more disciplined you continue to do the process, you just keep getting better and better. Now, I've been training for 20 years. Let me ask you a question. What if you start training today? You go to the gym and you eat clean. What happens? What will happen? What do you think will happen in general? Do you think your body is going to remain same or will it change over a period of time? It will change. It will change. It will change. Now, if you, let's say you are training at level one, which means that you are going to the gym, you are just doing your exercise 15, 20 minutes, and you are, let's say 80% on track with your diet and everything. And you play some sports. Um, You let's, let's assume that as level one. Okay. Level one. What if somebody, instead of training for five days a week, maybe training seven days a week, and instead of lifting 5, 10 kg dumbbell, maybe lifting 35 kg sort of instead of uh, being 80% right about his diet, he's 100% right about his diet. Do you think their results will be slightly more better than level one? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And that's what it is. You know, people always have these assumptions that just because somebody has better results, he might be cheating. And that's exactly what happens throughout our classrooms, right? When we, um, our students, we believe that the guy who got 100 cheated in math. You know, we believe that the guy who got into IIT cheated in a subject. We believe that the guy who became an IS and we couldn't cheated. But it's not really right. So it's human nature to kind of, you know, find uh, somebody to shift blame on for their own inadequacies. So if somebody who is not able to build muscle because of his own shortcomings finds a guy who may be naturally built muscles, the first thing he's going to convince himself back into is by blaming that person for using some sort of unethical means. Now, I'm not saying that person might be 100% right or 100% wrong, you know, because you don't know who's who. But I'm saying that most of the guys who are noobs, who don't have any kind of gym experience, they convince themselves it's not possible, primarily because they haven't even tried. Would you agree to that fact? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's, That's about it. So, uh, in general, what would be the side effects if someone is taking PEDs and competing as well? Right. Look, there are a lot of uh, natural avenues for competition, like ICN is there, WNBF is there. Um, again, there are certain federations I wouldn't take the name of because they are kind of like <laughs> they are right. Very harder, right? But uh, there are certain um, competitions like ICN and WNBF, which are which. Um, which perform drug tests. Now, coming to side effects of drugs, unless until um, you're like an absolute noob and you're abusing the drugs, um, large amount of population group will not face any adverse side effects. The adverse side effects being heart attack, um, death, or organ enlargement, right? Which is which is also very common uh, in bodybuilding fraternity. But mm-hmm. most of them who who use drugs with with uh, limited um, in, in limited quantities with guidance from some people, they won't really experience any kind of side effects. Or even if the side effects are there, they're going to be temporary, right? So for example, right. you know, shutting down of testosterone production, basically again, um, you know, reinstate 
through the uh, PCT, PCT, yeah. So they do that off cycle on cycle therapy and everything. And most of the times they recover because your body has an amazing healing capacity. But then there are always people who keep pushing themselves against your body's limits. Like they start taking more and more uh, because they're kind of addicted to drugs, in which case, you know, the side effects are just um, in, in case of women, they can't get pregnant anymore. Uh, they, they stop menstruating. They start growing hair in all sorts of places. They start growing uh, male voices. Um, they okay. start um, like the breast start becoming like chest and uh, um, they, they have lots of problems, right? So in female, the effects of drugs are more prominent in case of male, uh, they will start seeing something as basic as gynecomastia, which is, which is your fat tissue deposition. Um, if, if they have an underlying condition, that underlying condition will get worse, right? So let's say if they have a kidney problem or if they have a liver problem, those problems will further get worse. Uh, it can also yeah. trigger some sorts of cancers, uh, if abused, uh, especially towards the later, uh, uh, part of your, um, aging process. Um, apart from that testosterone shutdown, right. Which is your, it can lead to impotency if you don't do something properly and, uh, yeah, hair fall and all those kind of things can happen. You know, an organ enlargement, enlargement, um, and then you know, like uh, it can also result in organ failure. Sometimes when people take diuretics, um, they can also die because of uh, because of you know electrolytes uh, getting washed out of the body. Um, okay. And so there are a lot of complications with respect to drugs. Um, and so I typically tell people that look. Unless until you are like uh, you have a vision of going on Mr. Olympia stage, uh, you should never right. take drugs. Okay, right. I personally feel that uh, a physical fitness is is more like a hygiene um, than than a trophy, right? And once you attain yeah. a physical hygiene, then you focus on your mental hygiene, and then you focus on social and then financial well-being, right? And that that right. makes life easier, and that that's what makes you happy, right? So, right. So uh, you have given a list of uh, side effects of PEDs, right? But still people choose to do it, even in, let's say, competing or even in the general fitness sense, they still are doing it. So why do you think that is that where their mindset is coming from? It's a, it's a gambler's mindset. You know, gambler's mindset basically says that, hey, somebody won a lottery. Um, there's a good chance I can do. And so this is the reverse gambler's mindset where somebody says, just because he got side effect, I might not, right. you know? So people think that just because X, Y, Z person died because of this, I won't. And the same thing applies to smokers, uh, people who drink, people who take drugs, you know? Even any kind though, of... Yeah. yeah, any kind of substance abuse, right? And everybody who's even driving past on the roads, right? Everybody's thinking, hey, that person died, I will not. You know, so there's, yeah. there's too much of confidence that I might get spared. The same thing happened with uh, COVID idiots, right? The people who thought that they will be safe from COVID and right. they actually are not, right? They, they contacted COVID despite the authorities telling them again and again not to kind of right, expose themselves to virus, take the vaccine. So yeah, I, I'm saying there are a lot of people who are just uh, not as smart um, and we just have to live with that. Um, Look at this fact that a lot of people are not really smart. You know, they're not. It's right. hard. So, so there are a lot of athletes in recent past and in India as well. They 
they are not natural but they are portraying themselves as natural yeah so why do you think that they are doing this uh, a lot of people got found out as, as well without naming any person yeah and uh, and it was kind of a turmoil that you didn't tell you, you used and you didn't tell and that is there but why do you think that they want to portray themselves as natural in the first place i think it's a capitalizing on uh, people's gullibility right um uh for instance like peter always believes in educating people right for the last 7 years right. all we have done is uh, educate people we don't talk about supplements we don't talk about drugs right we we talk about right. eating normal food uh, we don't even talk about ordering food from outside right? we, we we educate people and when people are educated uh, when you give them the tools to reason question you back that's that's actually a good thing you know because then you are growing but the people along with you you are creating a smarter ecosystem where you are empowering people to become fit in their limited capability you are not asking them to take drugs or expensive supplements which is not sustainable sometimes when you don't educate your crowd which which is which is very common phenomena it's 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 because you want to trick them into believing something um that you want them to um believe for example if you are trying to expose them to a supplement or endorsing a product right you right. wouldn't want you wouldn't want those people questioning you right because they've What already started mean? celebrating you yeah they've already celebrating right so you peddle a supplement and you say this is the supplement which is responsible for my these incredible muscles um you know because these guys are not smart enough they're not going to question they're not going to challenge your authority and that is right. what allows some of these people to kind of stand tall and claim all these kind of bullshit things that's the reason why i never associate myself with any kind of supplements any kind of products or any companies for that instant right because i don't want to endorse anything or a product you know i want people to reason i want people to question you know so right so uh, is there any kind of a test available in india that people can do or uh, let's say someone boasts that i am natural and we can call him call them out and say that if you do this test then we will know is well, something that like that available in india i i used to read about a lot of these things in the past i'm not aware what kind of tests have been developed uh, but right. i think uh, wada is the agency which is the old anti right. doping agency um they conduct yeah. tests and wada i think has some 7 8000 uh, illegal substances mentioned on their website and they claim that they can actually uh, they can detect all of these substances through a urine test right so urine analysis uh, analysis so they do that and from the urine they can find out but my contention with that is that look sometimes you know people use drugs in the past let's say you used anabolic steroids 10 years back and mm-hmm. the only way and and let's say you stopped using it you know you stopped using it uh, after 10 years um uh, you know you you still have a bigger frame it's not like you're suddenly going to lose muscles because because you stopped taking an anabolic steroids you put on muscle as long as you continue to resistance train you're still going to keep on to let's say 80% of those muscles you know once you have built muscles uh, they they are solid they are solid it's not like uh, air you know so when you when you gain right. muscles through anabolic steroids um of course once you like go off them uh, like if you do like a on and off kind of a thing you lose some muscle but not all if you continue to do resistance training right so after 10 years um urine analysis is of no use after 6 months urine analysis is of no use right so what you can do through 
uh, drug testing is find if somebody's currently using drugs. You can't really okay. find out if they've used that in the past, right? So what you have available is lie detector test, in which case you can ask people, have you used any kind of drugs in the last 10 years? But then again, there right. are some ways in which athletes can circumvent. And that's one of the reasons why I not compete in any of the competitions. I, I you, you know, I competed in a couple of competitions and I, when I found out, um, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right? So, so that's about it. And I personally don't have very high regards um, for bodybuilding as a sport. Um, okay. Yeah. So again, that's my personal opinion. I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody who is doing anything in bodybuilding. Uh, if people right. like it, go ahead, do it. I just, I'm, I'm just not, I don't have any high regards for bodybuilding as a sport. Right. So uh, coming to the, the natural bodybuilders, the bodybuilders who are absolutely not natural, they have not taken any kind of substance and they want to go on stage. So how will be, how they can do it? How will their peak week look like? And what is the difference as compared to the someone who is on PEDs? Right. So this entire bulking shredding uh, kind of a thing, it originated from the whole uh, this side of things, right? The, the, the enhanced uh, side of bodybuilding where people will typically refer to as bulking phase as the phase when they will load um, anabolic right. steroids and, and eat in surplus, like lots of lots. And by effect of just consuming a lot of calories and anabolic steroids and because of high amount of water retention in the body, they look much bigger. You know, and right. then they will also refer to as something called as a cut down or a, or, a, or a phase where they'll completely wash out because all of these substances have a half life, right? And so, so you can't continue taking them. They, they automatically get flushed out. And also, you want to make sure that you continue to um, you you reinstate your natural testosterone production. Otherwise, you'll you'll hit impotency, right? So there's a certain way in right. which you have to use these drugs. So when they go about um, washing out, so there's something which is called as a PCT or the post-cycle therapy. Also, they use um, drugs like uh, DNP. Um, then yeah. they use clenbuterol, right? They, they use all sorts of drugs. Um, yeah, they, they, there are a couple of other drugs and they also there are also steroids which are meant for cutting, right? So they use all sorts of drugs in the uh, three to four week cycle. So when they load okay. anabolic steroids, um, that's, that's generally referred to as bulking cycle. And when they cut down, it's typically referred to as the washing phase or the PCT or the, or the shredding cycle, uh, right? right? But for natural bodybuilders, uh, you don't really need to bulk or cut. You, you just have to maintain your surplus in a way where you're not going crazy, you know, because when bodybuilders are packing on muscles, they can actually pack, um, you know, 10 to 12 pounds of lean muscle in one 16 week cycle for natural bodybuilders. Right it's not possible to pack 10 to 12 pounds of lean muscle, right? In a year's time, maybe you'll pack one pound. And one pound is, is like 400, 500 grams, 400 grams, right? So, right? so 400 grams of muscle mass. That's, that's what you can do in probably one year if you are experienced bodybuilder. If you are a noob, you'd probably gain faster. Um, that's, okay. because, uh, that's because you, know, you have high levels of testosterone, and your body is exposed to a very fresh load. But after repetition, uh, your muscle kind of also hits maturity and it gets exposed yeah. to the same kind of load again and again. So the same muscle tissues, instead of growing, they just become stronger, right? So, so a lot of that hypertrophy 
um, uh, that, that you get from um, early years, it kind of diminishes over a period of time as you continue training, right? So even gaining one pound of muscle mass can take a long period of time, right? And if you're a natural bodybuilder, you don't really have to pack on additional, uh, let's say 10, 20 kilograms of weight to gain more muscles. It's a waste of time, in my opinion. And I know there are scientists out there who completely hate this opinion of mine. Um, I'm, I'm sure like Lane Norter obviously speaks about how uh, he has to bulk and cut down. And a lot of people say that if you bulk, you have chances to gain more muscles. But everybody agrees that if you are not able to achieve um, more than X amount of muscle mass over a period of time, why gain 10, 20 kilograms? I mean, why don't you just try being lean and just 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 get into a surplus of 200, 400 calories where you're not gaining rapid fat and uh, and see how it works. Even if you're gaining, let's say, 50 to 100 grams of lean muscles uh, in, in a month, by the end of the year, that compounds, right? It's a lot of muscle mass. And even one kilogram of muscle mass is going to show on your body. Right. right? So, so kind of a lean bulking that they are doing. So most... Uh, natural bodybuilders um, follow lean bulking. They're smart. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the approach I suggest. And of course, people have their own points of contention. Some people will do that, and then they'll come back. Look, because I got fat, um, because I bulked, I, I did dirty bulk. I've gained more muscle mass, but in reality, it's not like I mean, I mean I've seen it way too often to kind of uh, just not argue with them. It's it's foolish. So. Right. So uh, if you were to do like uh, a comparison between a natural and advanced athlete on a stage, people say that I can tell various YouTubers, influencers that he has taken or he has not taken. Is that something to support that fact, that notion that you can tell by visually looking at someone? Or That's... is that just a... No, so 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 look, there there is like you can you can actually look at some people and you can look at their proportions, you can look at their symmetry, um, you can look at their their skin condition, and you can kind of make an opinion if this guy has taken PEDs. Um, but then there are a lot of uh, subtle elements to it, right? If you discard the years of training they have done, if you discard the kind of weight they have been lifting, if you discard the kind of consistency and discipline they have shown, then it's right. it's very muddy, right? It's it's all it's all, the waters are very muddy there. And so for yeah. somebody to kind of claim that, you know, I can, I can look at that person and, and tell if he is natural or uh, enhanced, um, I'm thinking they probably think very highly of themselves, right? I mean, obviously, if you look at people who are 23 years old and they are like huge monsters with 20-inch uh, right. like buzzing biceps, that, that, that's really very apparent. But then there's also uh, um, uh, kind of like a middle line, right? So where 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 you where kind of where everything kind of gets foggy because naturally it's possible to be there you know it's possible and then the camera does a lot of tricks right for example i'm a guy and i constantly get uh challenged of course you know and people like oh this is not possible you know this is not possible now i'm sitting in front of you and i'm just wearing normal clothes and i don't look like an enhanced bodybuilder i'm probably looking like a normal guy right but if i take off my shirt and i go in front of the camera um, because um, I'm alone in the camera and there's nothing to compare me with, I'm going to look right. at right? So the camera yeah. illusion. And lights, camera, apart from that low percentage body fat, 
that really does the trick right so in isolation right. if i if i stand people will think oh this guy has taken something but if i stand next to somebody who's who's right. my my age uh, my weight um actually in my weight he would he would he would look um even more thinner than i do but if somebody is 70 kg but if i stand next to him you can really tell that i'm not big because i'm 65 kg right? right but if you right. take my picture without having anything or anybody to compare with you'll think oh this guy is huge right so so right. unless until you have seen somebody in person it's really difficult really difficult to tell if somebody is enhanced or natural unless until uh, like the, the proportions are like um, like out of the huge star. ஹியூஜ்ரலி so would you agree that this is a correct notion or would you agree that this can't be no, done I, no it's just a bunch of people who can't do it themselves kind of like pointing out to the guy who's coming first in the class that he's coming first in the class because he's cheating right so unless until you've been there done that and somebody shows how can you really say if if somebody is being honest or not and i'm saying just yeah. because you found out somebody is dishonest that automatically does not make everybody dishonest right just because some people couldn't make a plane does not mean that you know nobody could because somebody did right. now everybody is making them right and just because yeah. somebody couldn't send a a, a flight um, out of the space that doesn't mean nobody could because some people are right so we have seen uh, that there's two spectrums right so one people one um, that there is uh, extreme uh people who who don't want to believe in anything and there are those who who want to believe in everything right i'm saying okay. the truth lies somewhere in the middle and that's what is referred to as pragmatism rationalism um being a reasonable person you know being a reasonable person which means that you listen to reasons you listen to the arguments and then form opinions just forming a blanket opinion that everybody is a fool or everybody is beefcoof or everybody is doing some sort of cheating that's right. the extreme end of the spectrum right that's extreme um end of the spectrum and that's that's like no progress and on the other side if you believe everybody uh, that everybody is saying that's also very extreme right so you have to be pragmatic yeah yeah so i think the, about a year back there was a challenge by one of the youtubers he was offering a certain amount of money cash or check something like that that you cannot achieve there was also a, one of the condition that you have to be end trainer endomorph and you have to attain a 6% body fat he will give you the guy you have to do it in 6 months and you can take the money can any of the fitter coaches that are there can offer to do that in same parameters so for you have to define what's endomorph and endomorph is not really uh, a permanent state of being right it's it's right. just a one of the classifications so at any point of time uh, you can be an endomorph and and after 6 months you know people will refer to you as mesomorph because you have transformed right so um right. like it's it's not a precondition or it's not a label which you have to live with all your life for example i was fat right. when i was a kid and after 20 years now people can't believe that it's it's the same person 
right? Because now people would think, oh, this guy has amazing genetics. So this guy is blessed. What they don't know is I used to be fat and I've trained for 20 years, right? So I'm not really right. mesomorph. I'm not blessed with amazing genetics. It's just that right. I've trained um, for a very, very long time. And 20 years, when I think about it in a conversation, it does not feel that it's much. But 20 years back, very um, long time. Most, people, most people did not have internet. You know, most people right. did not um, know what Google was. So 20 years, if you think about it, it's really, really long time. You know, really right. long right. time. Right. And well, but, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, coming to the challenge, uh, you know, I, uh, so many people have told me and I, I, I can take the challenge. I don't have any problems. Uh, whatever kind of challenge you want, if you want me to kind of get fat and then get lean again in a period of six months. No, no, it is, it isn't actually but, the, I'll rephrase hmm. the, uh, the YouTuber. What he was trying to do is he's showing a guy who has, uh, let's say about 25, 30% body fat, and you have to train him for six months. You have to get down to 6% body fat without taking anything. And he will give you certain amount of money or check or cash, something like that. So that was the challenge. No, if you have never been to 6% body fat, then it's really difficult for you to get to 6% body fat in your first attempt, right? It's, a, it's, right. it's practically, so in a, in a way he was right. Um, so look, the way it works is that the first time when you get down to your body fat percentage and your body tries to hold on to a certain position, right? So unless until you push it to the next level, and of course you can't keep pushing it to the next level, otherwise it will shut down. It's a gradual process. Yeah. So if you are sitting at, let's say, 20, 26% body fat, as you mentioned, for you to come down to 6% body fat in a matter of six months is going to be very, very difficult, almost impossible, right? right. It will be divided into phases where first from 26% body fat, you, let's say, come down to um, an acceptable level of 10 to 12%. And then from 10 to 12%, maybe you try coming at 8%. And from 8% to 6%, that's additionally going to take you four to five months. So it's not that. And most of the time, when you see these transformations, what people fail to understand is uh, people were already building muscles. They were already training for several years, right? And so what they do in these transformations, they're barely shedding fat. And when you just shed fat, obviously the muscles you have built over the past so many years, and you could never see them because you had this huge layer of fat. Now you start seeing them. And so what people think is, oh, look at this fat guy. And suddenly he's got six pack abs. No, okay. he was training. He had muscles. He just shed off a layer of fat, right? So that's the difference. Right. So coming if, back if, if somebody life. has never trained, if somebody has never trained in his life, yeah, um, the, that was the notion that no, uh, yeah. no, you can't do that in six months. You can't do that in six months. It's uh, it would be incredibly, incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. Right. So I I trained one guy, and he had training experience, right? Um, his diet was almost impossible, right? So he was only eating egg whites, spinach, boiled chicken, and all those kind of things. And he managed to get abs, but it was very unsustainable. So right. it's extreme. You can get there, but it's it's extreme, right? It's extreme. Right. You shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So coming back to natural uh, coach and fitter recently won uh, the IFBB pro title, uh, Serena Pani. And uh, do you think that, uh, can we say that she was she uh, did everything that was done on stage naturally? Well, she's a brilliant coach. I think uh, her clients can also testify to the fact that she knows her stuff. Um, right. um, again, I wasn't her coach. 
and none of us were coaching her for her stage competition but from my understanding right. uh, looking at her uh, physique that she put up on the stage and the fact that she's been training for the last so many years uh, i would right. say that she wouldn't be lying uh, you know right. and i think she also underwent some test uh, because i think they did some testing and all she came out clean okay. apart from that i think most of the women who competed there they looked natural to me because they were not really competing in bodybuilding category so bikini right. is a fairly easy category to compete in and i i think that shape that serena was carrying and i've met her right i've met her she she okay. shoots with her on everything and she's not really like you can you can tell that she's just a hard worker and right it's not like she has an impossible kind of a physique she is really lean when you meet her in person right. she is uh she's like a regular girl if you if you see her in jacket or stuff she's like a regular girl it's just that she is lean that's it mm-hmm. and she is very very dedicated so if you see her past pictures in the last 3 years she's always in shape she's always working hard and the fact that she nailed it in her first attempt i think uh, it's it's a testimony to the fact that she's really did good yeah right right so if so my next question would be that like if she can do it naturally win a the coveted ibb pro title so why can many women follow the same line they can of doing they, it naturally no they can they they, they should and i think what sina right. did um is is in fact i'm so proud of her because she did and, and she is uh, she she used to be pretty fat right and she's married she she's a homemaker she's a coach and she's an athlete now and right. uh, you know the fact that she can do it as is as as good enough reason for anybody to go out there and try and not just her i think a couple of other women competed uh, so this year's um this year's cash prize one crore cash prize winner from fitter uh, dhyan suman dhyan suman she also competed and she was in top 10 she she missed right. out on in the, the same competition yeah in the same competition she missed out on tanning and uh, and and probably her posing wasn't on point but she did then anju meena again she even has kids right she also did it and they have been yeah. part of the fitter community and these women have been like posing in bikinis and all this and fitter community for for uh, quite some time now so they weren't really getting in shape for this particular competition they were in shape right. the competition happened they took part right so that's how it happened and for most of us uh, that's how it is right so i don't prepare for competition but if you want me to go on stage and kind of flex i can do that maybe right. in a week time right that's how much time i take so i don't specifically prepare because i'm already in shape right and that's what it is for uh, most of these people like i said natural bodybuilders they really don't get fat you know right. it's 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 counterproductive right so uh, one of the also one of the things that you can notice in some of the natural bodybuilders is that they they kind of stay shredded and they kind of maintain the same physique year after year after year after year there's very right. noticeable right. difference in their physique and like i said that's because you you can't really gain a lot of muscles in a short period of time yeah it it will take right. a good two years to even see some sort of a difference or one year to see some sort of a difference yeah right yeah yeah so okay. so the last question that would be this uh, can we see fitter launching a challenge soon for all its community member or general masses to follow the criteria of maintaining like a healthy habit based upon right nutrition and exercise and this will help them to get a six pack up uh, with a coach in 6 to 9 months otherwise they get the money back or something like that we already have transformation challenge where hundreds of thousands of people participate right um, this right, year right. we have launched a transformation challenge already 
thousand people have taken part. Last year, collectively, about one lakh people participated in transformation challenges, and we had thousands of people coming out with six pack abs. So it's not really impossible. Um, it's, right. it's it's how it is. People have been doing it, but the caveat to that is not everybody is looking for six pack abs, right? Some people are looking for just right. um, getting their paunch in. Some people are looking for um, diabetes management. Some people are looking um, to get fit because they just want to be healthy. You know, so different people right. have different goals. A transformation challenge is is a challenge which now we have increased many many categories. Previously, it was just like everybody in the same category, but now we right. have different categories. So different people show different kind of results. A lot of people who end up in the finalist of transformation challenges, they definitely have six pack abs because, like we say, it's 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 about the guy um, and their best version, right? So your best right. version is typically when you start looking like a statue, right? And that's again. Right. It's, it's our criteria of how we evaluate our competitors, not, not saying it's, it's good or bad. It's right. just how we evaluate somebody, right? So we already do that. And uh, coming to the point of six to um, 10 months and people, you know, developing six right. pack abs. It is uh, outside, let's say someone outside of a fitter community who doesn't know how it works, who doesn't hmm. know, has hmm. much more, you know, they can rely on the fitter community. So in order to rope them in and get, get them into fitness, could we see fitter launching some kind of a challenge for them as well? You know, look, we don't want to make outrageous claims. For example, we don't tell people uh, outside or we don't even portray ourselves. Give us, you can get six pack abs here, right? You okay. get six pack abs because we help you change your habits because we educate you. And that's how fitness right. should be always perceived. You know, fitness should not be perceived with a goal of having 6% body fat in mind. It should be perceived as a goal of making yourself healthier, fitter, better, stronger every single day, right? So right. I don't wake up and wish for six pack abs because I already have them right. every single day, right? So it's- Everyone a, it's, has it them, be... but you have to get the fat percentage lower. Exactly. And and in my case, like I already have six pack abs, right? So it cannot be a universal goal is what I'm trying to say. Some people right. would right. want six pack abs. Some people would want something more, right? So for in my case, I'm always shredded, but I'm always looking to learn new things. For example, learn the bow stuff, I learned uh, nunchucks, now I'm learning martial arts, hip hop, I'll right. soon be learning Muay Thai. And so different people have different kinds of goals. The idea of right. fitter is no matter how fit you are, you can always get fitter. Right? It's not right. like you go from unfit to fit. We assume right. everybody is fit and we can make you yeah. fitter. Yeah. Right. Right. So on a lighter note, and this is, this will be about coming to a closing stage. Can you, you had a lot of hair fall in the previous years. And I think everyone in the fitter community wants to ask you, but so I'll put a disclaimer first that whatever JC is going to tell, it is what he follows. And this yeah. is not for anyone to follow. It is what he uses and what he does. And this is not a suggestion for anyone to follow. Yeah. So can you please describe what, what, what kind of a, especially for me, yeah, yeah. what so kind of a hair regimen that you follow? All right. So uh, I had, I had documented the entire thing. Actually, we also created a hair care uh, a group, but then I right. had to shut it down because a lot of people started complaining. Um, and again, so I then started not recommending it to anyone because some people were getting results, but then other people right, were right. also getting adverse side effects because of some reason, right? So because we did right. not conduct a medical study or something. Um, so the genesis of this, look, I'm from 11th class, 
uh, I've had severe dandruff. Like I've always had a very strong hairline. I have, uh, I have like very decent um, hair genes, right? So my parents, uh, my brother, right. my dad, they they still have like a head full of hair, right? My brother has like hair, which is where you can make a toothbrush out of, right? So I also had similar kind of hair up until class 11th. Now 11th class, puberty hit, I got dandruff. And I started right. using some of the shampoos at the time, which were really popular about selenium and all that stuff. I started using them and dandruff, like it just kept coming back again and again and again. And at some point of time, it was so bad that I started keeping my hair short. And interesting thing about keeping your hair short is that, so it's your hair is, you have to think about your hair like a tree, right? And if you keep pruning the tree, uh, the trunk is never going to get strong enough. And so your hair, it has different components to it, right? So you have your hair follicles, which are deep inside the scalp which is where it draws all the nutrients from. And then there's the medulla, which makes the shaft, right? And then this medulla, the stronger the trunk, the stronger the trunk grows, uh, the healthier the hair, right? So the longer the stronger, right. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a general thing. So longer hair is stronger hair, which is something what right. you have to keep telling yourself, longer hair is stronger hair, okay? And so right. uh, because I always kept pruning my hair, like I'll keep them this, um, it affected right. the hair, um, cycle. So hair has a cycle, right? So you have your anagen, catagen, and the telogen and exogen phase. And so what happens right. is in a typical person and women, the cycle is usually longer because the length of their hair is long, right? This right. anagen phase can last between six to eight years, which means you can grow your hair like almost like um, like your knee length or or some people have even more. Right? If you see those sadhus right. who like keep up bundles right. of right. hair, right? So there's uh, the, the cycle can be lengthened to a very, very large extent if you just keep growing your hair, right? right? But if you keep your hair short, the medulla is never getting a chance to become strong enough. And because of that, okay. the requirements for it to pull nutrients off your scalp goes down and down and down. And so over a period of time, what happens is the hair follicles, um, which used to have uh, a good circulation, now they become okay. smaller and smaller, which is exactly what happens if you start pruning the trees. So just right. a simple example, if you have a large tree, start cutting off the branches. And then after six months of cutting the branches, trimming the tree, you'll realize that the roots have started falling off. The roots will start shrinking. So what you do outside has a negative effect inside. Inside, yeah. Yeah. So one thing is yeah. this, note down, hold on to this thought. The second right. thing is dandruff is not really a problem. Most people think right. that dandruff is a problem right what happens when you let's say get a scar on your skin when you when you hurt yourself not scar what happens you you have blood coming out and your body immediately uh, kind of forms a, a callus right starts. it forms a clotting clotting starts right and right. and then the body develops something so i, I got these like recently so you see this is what happens so right. this is body's response to inflammation right so when your right. scalp loses moisture dandruff is basically your body's response to losing moisture. Now, when I started using a lot of shampoo, what it did was it dried my scalp and it was the shampoos which resulted in me having more dandruff over a period of time because I lost uh, all moisture. So the shampoos that you think are anti-dandruff shampoos are essentially the shampoos which are leading to more dandruff. Okay. Again, uh, no disrespect to any of them. I don't believe in shampoos anymore. Yeah, I don't believe in shampoos. And that's why probably they started saying that, hey, along with shampoo, start using conditioner. But nobody's going to come out and say, hey, look, these shampoos are what is causing dandruff. So 
I've always had dandruff. I was comfortable with the fact that okay, I had dandruff. I trim my hair, and I kind of also at some point of time um, got a good look, which was like beard and short hair because everybody was doing it back in the days. Um, and then I, I got myself on and off of minoxidil, right? So minoxidil is something which you you keep on taking, and it kind of revitalizes the hair root, and your shafts get strong, and you get start. So there was also a time when I posed for Men's Health um, when I was participating in Fit Factor. I had I had good good hair. After that, I got my back injury, um, like it resurfaced, and because of which I also started gaining weight because I could not do anything, right? So I, I suffered, mm-hmm. and because of this bedridden phase, because I could not eat right, because I could not exercise, um, again that along with the dandruff and everything, my hair started shedding, right? and that happens every time when you get sick, right? So whenever you're sick, you will experience more hair fall, right? So whenever you're not eating right, whenever you're not exercising you will experience your fall, right? And also let go of minoxidil at the time. And once you leave minoxidil, you'll also experience very heavy um, um, hair loss, right? And so once I started recovering from my injury, I started using minoxidil again, but minoxidil also has a side effect. It also dries off your scalp, right? So for a long period of time, it was me on a cycle of and on of minoxidil, working with dandruff. Same thing over and over. The same thing over and over. And I kind of settled down. I had accepted that I'm going to keep my hair short, you know? So it was not like horrible looking. It was a good uh, kind of a look until, um, you know, this guy, uh, forgot his name. He comes to me and makes a taunt. Um, I'm like, office mein generally baat chal rahi thi, ye hairstyle, I'm like, dude, they're short hair. It's not like I've lost my hair. It's just short. Right. 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 Like, fuck, this is so bad. It's so embarrassing. Right? And, uh, and the thought of like, okay, I can lose hair at such a young age, it kind of bothered me. Right? So I came back home, started reading all about right. uh, hair. And that's when I discovered that dandruff and everything and mechanism, right? So I had two problems to solve. One, um, I don't want to use minoxidil. What else can I use to revitalize the hair roots? And basically revitalizing the hair roots is essentially just improving blood circulation so that your hair follicles kind of, uh, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, your blood is what supplies all the nutrients to the cell. So the more blood supplied mm-hmm. to a specific cell, it's going to help those cells to grow, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to channel more nutrients over that. So first thing is, I don't want to use minoxidil to do this because it dries off my skin. Second thing, um, how do I retain moisture? So I don't have to worry about all this flaking and shampoos and all those things. I hate shampoos, right? So then I started reading and I figured out uh, glycerin, uh, which is our post. And after doing a lot of permutation and combination around glycerin, um, I just mixed a little bit of glycerin and I started using it on my hair. And uh, my dandruff, of course, was gone in three days. And I shared it with everybody in huge excitement, even created the hair uh, skin group. And then everybody started doing that. And a lot of people came back with positive results. Uh, at that time, I also told people, if you mix a little bit of uh, rose water, um, it'll help probably, but it was not really un- unnecessary, but a lot of people did that. And some people found that because of that glycerin and rose water, uh, they started seeing gray hair faster. And so right. I got scared. Right. So I, I shut down that group, but I continued right. to use it because it was really working for me. On top of yeah. that, I started using caffeine. Now caffeine, if you know, is a stimulant and it has the ability to directly, uh, um, so basically, if you put glycerin on your palm, it can automatically get absorbed in your blood. Right? It does not need an additional channel. You don't have to ingest caffeine. 
right so caffeine can be applied uh, it's a topical solution so if you just apply right. caffeine on your scalp it will penetrate your scalp and uh, like mix get, get mixed with your blood circulation right so it will automatically get mixed but the only problem with caffeine is because it can penetrate your skin so easily um, it can damage your skin also right so if you apply right. caffeine raw caffeine on your palms um, the very next day you will start your arms peeling off and so in the last two years my my palms are peeled off multiple times where i i, I would like I have my skin coming out of my palm like like snake shed skin right so right. that's why i don't tell people about caffeine but caffeine um has been well researched there are meta analysis which suggest that caffeine a 0.2% caffeine is almost as effective as 5% minoxidil and then later earlier this year i found out that a mixture of caffeine plus minoxidil is even better right. than minoxidil or caffeine alone right so last right. year i used glycerin and caffeine this year i'm using glycerin caffeine and minoxidil <laughs> right so, so uh, all done with the natural bodybuilding questions the next couple of questions will be specific to fit community so the yeah. first one would be can we see the fit coins going into crypto and being traded like bitcoin uh yeah look i mean this idea has been in my head for last several years i I want because I know six hundred k people who would want to invest and trade fit coins, especially. Yeah, yeah, no, I and and I I really want them to, you know, because everybody keeps asking, hey, how can we invest in Twitter? When can we get shares of Twitter? And they can't really right. unless until we go IPO, right? Because that's a private company. Right. Um. And but ICO would be an idea where entire community can 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 get ownership of the Twitter community, but right. the regulations around crypto is something which bothers me. um yeah. i'm i'm aware that crypto is also historically being misused and and lot of a noise about crypto is also because a lot of people are making money out of it but always right. the people who keep losing money out of it they don't kind of get the highlights right so it's yeah. all very funky right now um i think crypto is going to be around mm-hmm. but um also blockchain is going to be around but i really right. don't think it's going to become a mass phenomenon and the problem with until it gets regulated yeah unless it gets regulated unless until people are educated about it and educating right. people is one of the biggest challenges see 10 20 years back i think linux was on the boom and everybody was like oh linux 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 and open source is going to kill everything the reality right. is today we don't have a single uh, open source product which is which is like super hit and all right. the products are like b grade or c grade sure we use vlc player but hello every platform has their own player now apart from right. vlc player what other products can you talk about blender sure but is it as good as maya um yes mm-hmm. you have different open source products but are they as good as google sheets or microsoft office they're not right. right and that's the problem with open source community they they develop products which are good but they don't know how to package products how to educate their customers around that and that's the same problem with crypto and nft so while right. at some point of time people are making a lot of money off of linux today it's 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 in the hands of large corporations like 90% of the servers in the world are run on linux but no end customers are using linux so the same is yeah. going to happen with nfts and cryptos and the the entire blockchain technology yeah. uh, the corporations uh, will make use of it but as far as the general public is concerned they will never reach a level of awareness um, and yeah. where it will become uh, a mainstream kind of a thing right Right. So, so that's my honest opinion about blockchain, crypto, and where it's going. Right. So, my next question would be like, 
uh, off late that you know everything in fitter is very serious we cannot you know due to various uh, policies that have been put in place we cannot post anything or let's say there was a, a article that there was a post that in which you commented that we call them call ourselves fitizen instead of various others and i no, wanted yeah, to comment i wanted to comment me or something like that but i couldn't do because of getting banned so don't you uh, think that it has become way too serious or can we get a subgroup like which is much more uh, meme and welcoming and we can share and be much more funny uh, so fit hub is there and look by default i'm the kind of a person who enjoys like humor right um right. so i don't have any problems with people people making fun of me or saying stuff right and uh, right. like fit, fit hub was created with that uh, intention right and so fit hub currently has about 40 42 something thousand people uh fitter is serious and the reason for right. that is like historically i've made the mistake of um not paying attention to what people are going through right sometimes we are in a right. good mood without realizing that hey yeah. maybe somebody is having a bad day Yeah, like sometimes yeah. when i want to joke not necessarily the other person wants to joke too right so right. fitter is I extremely sensitive you know you have people who are right. struggling who are battling cancer who are battling you know pancreatitis who are battling life threatening diseases people who have their dead parents around you know so right. so if you if you follow atharvan it's filled with a lot of sad news and they are not right. people from somewhere outside they are part of the fitter community you know so yeah. coaches losing their parents to covid and all these kind of things and at some point of time you just have to be a better person you know you just have to be a mature person who understands who empathizes with everybody and whether you empathize yeah. or not at least don't piss on people's pain right so right. you just have to be really really careful and that's why fitter community is so strict like no judgment no lewd comments right. nothing about you know nothing that can trigger anybody off i'm saying people right. are coming to fitter community to feel positive why give them right. a single reason to not feel positive on that specific day right right if you have a bad day so i, I, I have also benefited do. from that like like when i mentioned what what i have gone through and what what my post was about how will i get fit and everything i posted that only with the consensus that no one will going to be laughing on that post exactly so that, that is a that is the value add that is there but yeah, yeah. sometimes it gets too you know serious let's say someone has commented i want to uh, uh, reply to, uh, with a meme or something like that i would think twice without uh, so that you know i don't get banned for 28 days or something like that but look again like i said it's a community of everybody right so it's the community of everybody right. and even if one person feels bad the first thing they're going to do is they're going to tag me and say jc look this is what's happening in for the community and right i i just can't shake things off because i created this community way back even though it belongs to everybody um right uh, i'm i'm still considered as as the as a as a leader figure right and right. if something goes bad people are going to always point fingers at me it's a huge responsibility and it's a huge weight on my shoulders to make sure that nobody is really offending anybody right? right so we can do all sorts of nonsense and fit up you would see people keep making fun of me um different kind of post and somebody made <laughs> right, right. Stuff. and so which is fine but in fitter it's not it's not like i'm posting every day or somebody's uh, contending me or something it's like you don't bother people you know if people are upset right. if they want to share something let them share even a small laugh reaction can ruin their day 
so it's just being being very very sensitive you know very sensitive out there hundreds yeah. of thousands of communities if somebody decides to post something in twitter community it's because they trust this community that nobody right. is going to pull them down right and that's how we want to keep it that's that's it right uh, i think in the last one or two days you in one of your live session you posted that you are also an introvert like many people who are so many people who are there but you know sometimes they feel that you know they cannot share that so can we get a twitter introvert section as well like people who don't want to i, I know couple of people that who are aspiring to be coaches but they are not that outspoken or because introvert can be a different lot of different things like if yeah, if i am yeah, doing one to one with someone i i am yeah. very much comfortable i am very much in yeah, my yeah, comfort yeah. zone but if i yeah. if there are 10 more 10 more people sitting around i would be just looking around looking to the floor or something like that so can we get so can we get a caveat to that you know uh, the people who are aspiring to be coaches and still are introvert so i i, I can uh, speak to joe i can speak to joe yeah. she she's the director in infs and uh, look i think there's levels of introvertness um I like uh, for example you know some people can like like i'm introvert when it comes to uh, you know being social like i can't right. i just don't socialize right so that way right. but i can speak to people in for a community i can talk to you i don't have any problems with that but there are right. some people who who can't even speak one on one you know forget right. about so there's levels of introvertness and uh, while you have suggested a great um, idea i'll have to see how do we implement this do we create like right. anonymous group where people are talking right. but nobody knows who they are um, right but even in case of anonymity you know sometimes even when people are anonymous and people say something bad it's not like they won't feel bad you know they they know right. that this person is saying this to me it's no i, I was talking in the sense like uh, let's say introvert who can you have done a lot of good things and uh, you can do a lot of public speaking but let's say 20 years down before when you first got on to a stage you would have that start stuttering and everything yeah, would yeah. have happened to you so there there are still people who are going through that phase and it's about uh, making a community that that would help them because you can also be a leader in that group and tell a lot of you know suggestions that that would help people like like i know a coach who she is aspiring to be a coach but mm-hmm. she has problem posting content posting herself on the social media so how she right. can overcome all of that yeah again and this is something which i struggled with and even though i do a lot of social media yeah, posting yeah, but yeah. Uh, but i think this is this is something i still struggle with like you know sometimes i feel like i, I should just go away from social media but the, but the fact is um look social media is uh the way everybody is doing business these days and if you want to um, be in business you have to just accept and embrace and kind of overcome the fear and challenges right um right. it's definitely a good problem to solve but i just don't know right. how we are going to do it um, allow some right. time maybe suggestions we can, can yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so with that we are coming to the end of the session i just uh, wanted to ask you let's say a uh, beginner comes to you and mm-hmm. they don't know anything about fitness and they want to start how would you describe that they should start from what is their starting point what should what are the key point that they should start with 
Yeah. So I tell people that first you have to visualize. Okay. Then you have to educate yourself. And third, you have to realize visualization is the first step. Like when you, when you erect a building, right. When you create a building right. or when you, when you want to build a Burj Khalifa, first you need to have an architectural rendering right. of what Burj Khalifa is going to look like. Right. So you have to have a visual in your mind, the long-term picture, because if you don't have right. a map of the building or a blueprint of the building, you will make something, you know, you'll make something, right. you'll get bored. But you will not yeah. have that final picture in mind, which will keep you going, right? So you need to have right. uh, a proper visualization of where you want to be. Um, right. And that's exactly how I have, I have come here. Because since childhood, I had a particular image watching animes, watching cartoons. And they, they right. kind of helped me develop that image in my mind. Okay, this is what I want to look. Desires were there. Process was not there. Right. But eventually I'm here, right? And again, this is not the final form yet. So uh, you have to visualize what you want to look like. You know, um, right. you have to have a clear picture in your head, uh, like who this person is going to be, right? So you create that. Then second thing is educate. Everything in this world that somebody else has done is possible, right? right. I'm not talking about cartoon characters, but I'm talking about strong men. I'm talking about weightlifters. I'm talking about bodybuilders, musicians, you know, amazing right. um, artists, amazing bow staff, uh, you know, nunchucks, martial artists. If somebody has right. done it, you can too. All you have to find out is how did they do it. And if you can find out the process, how they did it, you just have to follow that process, right? So which right. is the part where education comes into play. And then you just have to apply that education and wait for the results patiently, right? So that's the part right. where we call realization. Fitness is extremely simple. The education is extremely simple. If you just want to lose a couple of pounds, all you have to do is create calorie deficit and follow resistance training. It's very, right. very simple process, not complex at all. Then once you have learned your ABCD in fitness, you probably go right. to algebra, then you go to calculus, then you go to, you know, advanced um, stuff. But first start with ABCD, which is, right. um, you know, learn calorie deficit, um, learn resistance training and the basics of it. And then over a period of time, you know, allow yourself that time to develop and go from there. Right. Don't jump right. into calculus on day one. Biggest mistake. Right. So with that, uh, we are... At the end of the session, and I just wanted to thank you for providing a valuable time, and it was a pleasure talking to you. See you until next time.